Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTFW is a production of Rampeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. As always, you can join the conversation by calling in with your questions at 805-285-9865. Or you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag MTFW. Now, let's get the conversation started. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Lorraine, and I am really excited about today's program. Um, I like all of our guests, but maybe I like some of our guests a little bit more. Um, and today's guest, Lisa Whitman, certainly falls into that category. Um, besides all the wonderful things she does, she shares my taste in yogurt. Hey, Lisa, how are you today? Hi, Lorraine. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I'm so glad that you could join us. I'm sorry that we're not recording this at a um, Froyo or um, Orange Leaf Yogurt place. Exactly. Me too. You have introduced me to a lot of flavors that I was completely unfamiliar with, and uh, I look forward to finding out all the different ones and toppings that you tell me I should use. <laughs> well, and, and I, I look forward to doing that, but today you're actually going to be sharing a little bit of your info with us. Um, to those of you in the audience who have never met or run across Lisa Whitman, Lisa is the president of Digital Story Production, and um, she is so passionate about helping individuals, organizations, and, and businesses um, tell their story and share their messages, and, and to do that using um, video. Um, she's got this tremendous background in um, both developing written and visual communication for her clients. She's got this huge, and you can start blushing now. Um, she's got this <laughs> I'm already huge, there. Good, okay. Um, she's got this huge and, and diverse client base, um, community health network, Hyatt recruiting, um, a number of direct, uh, a number of Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 companies, um, and she's worked not just here, but, okay, so i got to ask you this. You served in 1994 as a video journalist in Russia? So before we do I did. Out, how, how did you get that gig? <laughs> <laughs> I actually went over very shortly after the fall of communism, and I went over there for a year's stint, was based in Moscow, and traveled around the 11 time zones talking with various Westerners who had come over to help within the Ministry of Education and help kind of fortify and rebuild some of their educational system because they had not, um, after the fall of communism, they really didn't know what to do. And so I had a great opportunity to go over there and speak to people, interview people, find out a little bit about why they were dedicating their year to go over there, and it was a wonderful experience. Oh yeah, that I mean that is that's really cool, and I think it it. Um, uh, what would you say? Let me ask it this way: What would you say was the biggest thing, maybe that you know you learned, or or what one thing maybe that you take away from that that has either changed or improved the way you do you look at video in general? That's a great question. I think um, probably the biggest thing that I learned, you know, I grew up. My father was a commander in the navy. And he grew up during the Cold War, so of course Russia was our enemy. 
And, you know, when I went over there, I was thinking I was going to come across people who were stone-faced and cold and hated Americans. And for the most part, when you're on the street, they do give off that demeanor. But once you get behind closed doors, the people of Russia are some of the sweetest, kindest, most gracious, open people that I have ever come across. And what I learned was everyone loves to tell their story. They want to talk about their business. They want to talk about their family. They want to talk about their loved ones. And so if you have an opportunity to get behind the stone faces, behind the uncomfortability of, you know, of people's lives and the way that they want to present them, then they really open up to you. And if you can create a situation where you become a good listener, then you're going to be able to be a good storyteller. Awesome. Okay. And so I'm going to say that that really tees up kind of where I want to go with the program because because you have built this entire business on on being a good storyteller. And, um, you know, you're running a video production company. And typically, as I look around the city, um, the majority of the people that I run into who are doing what you do, they're guys. So how do you, I, I mean, you know, and, and no disrespect, there are some talented, talented male videographers. Absolutely. You don't, you don't run into a lot of women doing what you do. So how did you get started? Yeah, that is funny. I was always the kid in junior high who on long field trips or sporting events, you know, the rides in the bus, was asking all the kids around me questions about their life. You know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Or where would you love to live worldwide? Or, you know, anything, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite snack food? So I have always been naturally curious, possibly even to the point of being nosy. And I actually became a single mom in 2006. I have uh, five children. And I said to myself, at the time I had four, and I said, my goodness, what am I going to do? I had been a stay-at-home mom for almost 12 years. I had homeschooled my kids for many of those years. And I thought, I can't sell Avon because I would be terrible at doing that. I'm not going to be able to do scrapbooking because I only have one of my kids' scrapbooks done, so I'm not going to rep that. And what do I love to do? And so I decided I love story. I love finding out people's business stories. I love finding out people's personal stories. I'm going to figure out a way to parlay this into a business. And so my original idea, actually, was to start doing life documentaries for people in that greatest generation, those people who have, you know, gone through a lot, have lived a long time, and have seen a lot and have a lot of wisdom to to give to us and, and share with us. So I started, you know, investigating doing some life documentaries, approached some continuing care retirement communities and nursing homes. They loved the idea, and so we started doing life documentaries for people. And then one of the communities, actually it was the Stratford of West Clay that turned us around, and they, they came up to us and they said, hey, can you also do a, a commercial or a story about our facility, about our community that we can put on you know, all three of the major broadcast networks here in Indianapolis? Well, I had never done anything like that before in my life, and I looked at my business partner, who is my husband, and I said, uh, yes, absolutely we can do that. So we took the idea of storytelling and we translated that into doing business stories at that point. 
So it is an unusual um, career for somebody who is a female to be in, but I kind of tend to think that women, by nature, love to find out information about other people. So it was a very natural segue for me to take that nosiness from junior high and kind of translate it into a career. You know, I'm going to laugh at several things that you said. The first is sort of that natural curiosity. I think I loved when I first started the business and I would ask people about their businesses and I'd run into these entrepreneurs that were doing these really interesting things and I would think to myself, wow, can you make a living doing that? And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I loved kind of learning how they were doing that. And I think it's that same natural curiosity. But I I had to laugh when you were talking about the fact that they came to you and said, can you do this? And, of course, you'd never done it before. And instead of saying, well, I've never done it before, you simply said yes and, and assumed you could figure it out later. That's a little bit of bravado on my part. I guess I have that in me. Um, and I think it's not so much, uh, you know, something that comes out of a boastful characteristic. It comes out of my desire to please people is really, let me on, be honest about that. So I wanted to do whatever I could to make this person or this organization happy, and they needed a broadcast commercial, so I was going to do backhand springs and flips to be able to make that happen. And um, I still, we, we still carry that philosophy with each and every one of our clients today is, you know, they have a particular story and message, and we want to be able to share it in the most concise and effective way possible for them and for their audience. So I have not only... Um, a great interest in other people's stories and businesses, but I've kind of really keyed into listening well and finding out what those stories are so I can translate them um, on video. So, you know, as you were doing this, and, and we were talking a little bit before we went on air about companies that are like, yeah, I don't think I need any video. Why, why do you think video is important to companies? And, and really, we're gonna. I'm gonna say companies of all sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a terrific question. It, you know, several years ago, as the internet was just growing and, and being born, and people were just starting to kind of learn a little bit more about it, websites came onto the scene. People were like, oh, what do I need a website for? You know that. That's just crazy. I do all of my things word of mouth. And, you know, today most companies who don't have a website, you say, really? And, you you know, think, boy, that's that's antiquated or very um, interesting. And uh, so you wouldn't really think about not having a website. The same is going to hold true for video. Companies today who don't have a video of any kind on their website or in their social media or in their marketing efforts, are really going to come against some pretty stiff competition because we're not a culture that's illiterate. We tend to be a culture that's illiterate. And what I mean by that is we can read, we just choose not to. And that's partly our fault and partly it's just the way that society is. We are bombarded with information, tons of information. And so video is one of the quickest ways to push a play button and in two minutes, one and a half minutes, to be able to get your message across to a specific target audience or a person, a client or a consumer 
is the fastest way that you can do that and one of the most engaging ways that you can do that. And then it gives them the opportunity to say, ooh, I'm really interested in what you do. Let me learn more about it by reading more that's on your website. But it typically doesn't happen in the reverse. So the first thing that you want to have on your website opening up is a video that tells about your company, your business, yourself if you're an individual business owner, so that people can, in a minute and a half or two minutes, have an aha moment and go, oh, that's what they do, and then they can choose to learn more about you. Okay, and so let me step back there because that, because there's, there was so much really good information. I'm going to kind of work backwards through some of the things that you okay. said. One is one and a half to two minutes. Um, do you, um, are you finding as we've gotten more internet savvy and more video savvy, do we have more or less time to tell our story than maybe we did two or three years ago? It really depends. What research has shown and what our experience has proven is that people are only willing to invest a certain amount of time with some kind of visual media unless they are extremely vested in it. Let me give you an example. My husband is a huge cyclist, loves bicycling. Well, he can watch a 45-minute video on derailers or on some kind of new brake system or on body frames for bicycles. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. He'd be rolling his eyes if he heard me. But he's willing to invest a lot of time in bicycle media. Well, for somebody who, like me who knows very little about bicycles, I'm probably only going to invest about a minute and a half on some particular bicycle company. You need to tell me very quickly what it is that you do, what makes you different, why you're doing that particular thing that it is that you're building or creating or servicing or whatever within the bicycle industry, because otherwise I'm going to click off. And the cool thing about video these days is that you can actually follow people's watching habits. So if you have a video on your website, there are ways and analytics that you can follow, okay, did somebody start it at the beginning? Terrific. How long did they last before they dropped off or stopped watching? Did they watch all the way through? Was there a call to action at the end? And if so, you know, are they participating in that call to action? So what we have learned is that a minute and a half to two minutes for somebody who's not really invested so far in your product or service is about all that you can ask them to, to spend time with you before they become really, really invested and spend more time with you. So, so the um, kind of if, if companies are building a video strategy, one of the things that you might want to do is build a short introductory teaser video, and then if your product warrants it, having longer, more in-depth videos for the loyalists and the enthusiasts and the people that really are, are vested and, and differentiating that so that different people get, you know, once they get through that point of entry, you know, for people coming back, links from your newsletter instead of linking to the same introductory video, people who are reading your newsletters and coming back for more, they're, they're going to, my guess, be more interested in the longer, more content-rich video. Absolutely, and it does two different things. So as a, if, a, if a business or a company or, or an organization or an individual is trying to build a video strategy, they need to do a couple of different things. First of all, 
they need to determine what their elevator pitch is going to be. And it's so funny because that, that jargony term has been thrown around forever, but some people still struggle with it. And I think the reason why is because we as business owners get really close to our products and so when we are asked to share information about whatever it is that we do, we want to jam-pack every single thing that we do into a really, really long, winding journey <laughs> conversation. And, you know, people are lost. They, they're going, oh, and they glaze over. What you need to do, start out with yourself, start out with your team, figure out, and, and this is another jargony term, and I hate to use them because I always tell my clients don't use jargon, but figure out what your brand is. And by brand, this is what I mean. Figure out what it is that you do really, really well within your industry. Why are you here in the first place? What is your passion? And once you figure out what separates you from your competition or what really sets you apart in your philosophy or way of handling customer service or the products or services that you offer, then figure out how you want to tell that and what voice you want it to have. What I mean by that is that you need to figure out are we fun, are we young, are we fresh, or do we have a very conservative, classic, professional approach. So the two things that you want to do when you're starting out, figuring out your video campaign or brand or message is, number one, what is our story and how do we make that brief and interesting? And number two, what is our voice, meaning what do we want to look like, represent, sound like, attract, who's our audience, and how do we speak to them. So that's how you want to start out, absolutely. You know, it's funny because those are exactly the same conversations that we have with clients when we're talking to them about creating their company blog or their company Facebook page or their, uh, their company brochure. It's really and truly it is about who are you and who do you want to be? Um, and then once you decide that, you know, who are you talking to? What, who are they going to respond to? And whether you're shooting video or you're writing a blog post, there is still that attention to voice. There's still that idea of choosing the right words at the right time. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing about video is, it's not just a standalone. Once you determine what that message is going to be and what that voice is going to be, then you can take it to your marketing team. You can take it back and share that in marketing materials that are written. You can share that in a blog. You can share that in a case study. You know, all of those different ways that you can tell about your business and share your story, for lack of a better word, really will be impactful, and it all kind of starts as you are figuring out what that video message is. You, you asked another question, Lorraine, and I, I have failed to answer it fully. Um, when we are talking to businesses about creating a campaign, this is what we say to them. If you can't do anything else, if you have no budget for anything else, put a one-and-a-half-minute video about who you are and what you do on your main page. Always have it on your main page. Make it easy to find, easy to play, easy to click. Because that's really what most people want to know is what do you do, what makes you different or special, and why should I hire you, use you, you know, engage with you. Then what you said is very, very important. For those people that have lots of different services or lots of different things to say and they want to cram it all into one video, 
resist the temptation to do so. What you want to do is you want to do that teaser or that trailer, that, that high-level promo video, and then you get to do what we like to refer to as chapters in your story. And so you create videos that are only one minute long, maybe a minute and a half, and each one of those chapters can go on a different internal page that speaks directly to the heart of other services that you offer, testimonials, staff introductions, um, other you know, products and services, maybe a product launch, case studies, lots of different ways that you can use those chapters and you can share those in bite-sized nuggets to your audience. You know, as you're talking about that, again, I'm going to draw the parallel. I got an email newsletter from someone today, and I opened it, and as I scrolled down, I was just horrified. There were like five articles in this newsletter. And the copy said, welcome to our monthly newsletter. And these weren't like five little teasers. These were articles, and as I'm scrolling down, just because I – I mean, I was fascinated with how long this went on and and thinking to myself, who but me is even going to scroll past the first paragraph? But here's this guy who's decided he's going to send a newsletter, and he hasn't sent a newsletter for two years, and so he wants to make sure that he covers everything in this one newsletter. Right, right. Rather realizing that content has way more value if he'll break it up into manageable mm-hmm. life. If he would have taken each one of those articles and turned them into a newsletter, not only would he increase the chances that somebody would read it, he wouldn't have to work on his newsletter for six months. <laughs> you know, it's it's human nature, though, Lorraine. We get in front of a particular audience or what we hope is a particular audience, and we hold them captive. We lock the door, and we say, nobody's leaving until you get every single bit of information that we're going to share with you. And so we make this huge mistake. And, again, you know, we're human, and so we want to share our story. We want to give you information. But we don't understand the art of doing it in small, palatable, bite-sized nuggets that people are not only going to be able to digest, but they're going to be coming back for more because it's been such great information for them. And, and that's, I love that word, palatable. You know, the, <laughs> the idea that we, we consume information in little bites and in little nibbles, and it tastes better that way. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. And businesses, you know, I think sometimes the idea of video, two things. Number one, people put it way low on their discretionary budget. You know, it's one of those things where we have to have a website and we've got to meet payroll and we have to do these things. All of those things are fantastically important. But if you are not doing the things that promote your business, and I believe that video is one of those most effective ways of promoting your business, then your business is not going to continue to go further in the way that you want it to. So number one, have a mindset of, yes, we need to budget for video. Number two, don't be afraid. You do not have to produce some award-winning you know, piece, highly produced piece, in order for it to be effective. You know, if nothing else, grab your iPhone or your smartphone or your flip camera, get into a position where there's good lighting on your face, and share a quick one-minute nugget with your audience, something that you can say to them that would be encouraging to them, that might give them an interesting tip, 
give them an aha moment, teach them something, give them something they can walk away with. And if you do that, they will value you and come back for more. Absolutely. Um, there's, um, I, and I can't remember the performer who, who did this, but their motto was always to sort of leave the audience wanting more. You know, you want to make them feel good about the performance, but you want them sad when there is no second encore. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's the same thing here. Um, you know, one of the things, and, and I noticed this about food, um, my husband and I are both just foodies, and we love going to these all sorts of different restaurants, and sometimes we'll go to these places that, that have very small plates, and you think, well, that's not going to be enough, but one of the things is you really, when you're given, you're given a small portion like that, you sort of appreciate and savor, and you don't, your palate doesn't get tired. You know, you eat too much chocolate-covered um, popcorn, and you can't taste it anymore. You just, it just becomes almost tasteless because your your palate becomes numb. Lorraine, I love the fact that everything that you and I discuss revolves around food. This is why I like you so much. <laughs> so, yes, I actually, I just went to a tapas restaurant in downtown Indianapolis with a good friend of mine, and I experienced the exact same thing. When you are limited to what you are ingesting, this goes for food as well as media, you not only appreciate it more, but you want more of it. And that is what I encourage all of our clients to do is don't give them too much. Give them just enough that they're satiated and wanting more. And there's really easy ways of doing that. Awesome. Okay, so I absolutely cannot believe that we have talked our way through 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I always have that feeling when we're together and the time goes really fast. So what I want to do before we close out is if a business has never done video before, what two or three things should they do as they're trying to get started? Good. Great question. First thing you want to do, and I'll harken back to this, first thing you want to do is figure out what you do and why you do it. You know, there's a great book that I've been reading. It came out, I believe, oh, I want to say four or five years ago, um, called Start With Why. And Simon Sinek, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, is the author. And the whole book is about why you do something, not just what you do, but the passion behind why you do it. And I don't care if you run a small mom-and-pop shop you know, at a local convenience store or if you are in charge of a huge Fortune 1000 company. Every person has a reason why they are in that position. And it does not have to be you know, earth-shattering while you're there. You could have inherited the business from your dad. It could have been something you literally fell into because you were laid off and you found this job and you've worked your way through the company and now you're here. Those are great stories that need to be told. And the, the company itself has stories that need to be told, how it got started, how it originated, why your client base is loyal to you, not just repeat customers, but loyal customers. So figure out your reason for having this business in the first place. Figure out your why. And then once you go from there, figure out, okay, are there other things that are valuable 
that we could say that other, you know, clients or customers or people that are listening to us would be interested in? Are we experts in something that we could offer a meaningful solution? Should we take viewers behind the scenes of our, you know, company that they would kind of get a sneak peek behind there? Um, you know, are, do they want to hear about our history? Do they want to, you know, do, should we pick their brain and ask their opinion about something or do a survey so they can be involved in something interactive with a new brand decision or a logo idea? So figure out, okay, how do we want to engage our audience and, and what's our plan to do that? And then the final thing is the strategy. Okay, what's our budget? How much do we want to invest in doing this? Do we want to do it in-house? Do we want to hire externally? And how do we want these to turn out, and what's the most important way that we want these to be shared? So that's the first conversation, and don't be afraid of video. Embrace it. Start small. Having a little bit of video is better than no video at all. Awesome. Okay, so as we're wrapping up, that is fabulous tip. Um, I'm going to run through really quick. If you uh, want to know more about Lisa, you can find all of her contact information on our blog post for today, but check out the storiesproductions.com. Look for her on LinkedIn as Lisa Whitman on Facebook, Digital Stories Production, and uh, yep. her Twitter feed, Local Lisa. Lisa, this was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me, and I hope that the next time we meet is indeed over food and lots of little plates of it. Awesome, awesome. That sounds like a fabulous idea. Um, again, we're wrapping up another show. If you've enjoyed today's program and you want to learn more about marketing, social media content, and web design, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.